0: All right, stop right now. Close your eyes. Close your eyes and totally clear your mind. Close your eyes, clear your mind. What is the first thing that you thought of once you cleared your mind? Was it worship? Was it worry? Was it something that happened before you came to church? Was it a negative thought? Was it a positive thought? Was it a selfish thought? Was it a thought of others? You can open up your eyes. What I want you to get from this simple exercise as we conclude this craft series, and and we've been talking about this craft series in the month of August, that what makes craft unique or distinctive is that it's specialized. And it's something that causes people to go out of their way for it. And 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 so so when we start thinking about this simple exercise that we have to realize that not all our thoughts are pure thoughts. And not all our thoughts are God thoughts. And not all our thoughts are bad thoughts. But the Bible does say that we are accountable for every thought that we have. The Bible says that we can take every thought captive and bring it under subjection to the word of God. So Mar- Matthew chapter twenty. 2 verse 37 said jesus replied you must love the lord your god with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind everybody say mind and then we go over and we pick up the same verse it's a little bit different in mark chapter 12 it said and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and then mark adds another aspect to it to all your strength well let's pray father god we just pray right now we ask you holy spirit to teach us to teach us that we need to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, Lord, we can love others as ourselves. Father, maybe that's what it is about being a craft Christian, that that after we love God and, and we love ourselves, Father, that we'll be able to see the someone out of the everyone, Father. And Lord, we thank you for all the incredible blessings that you've been pouring out upon our church, Father. And we believe it's because we put you first. And despite... Those things and the battles, Lord, it's through that persecution that our faith really arises. And it stands out. And so, Lord, as we close this series down today, Lord, let each one of us desire to seek you first, Matthew 6, 33. Then you'll add all those other things unto us. But, Father, we need to seek you with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole strength. And that's really what being a craft Christian is all about. Not part-time, but full-time. In Jesus' name, amen. So how do you love God with all your mind, as verse 30 says? How do you love God with all your mind? And it must be obvious that that it's about our thoughts that run through our mind, that that all those thoughts, I was reading a study It said in 2020 that we have over 6,000 thoughts a day as a human being. And at most basic, to love God with all your mind is to know that God's thoughts are thoughts of love towards you. If you're going to love God with all your mind, you've got to understand that no matter who you are, what your background is, what you've experienced in life, is that God's thoughts towards you are thoughts of love. And then you have to decide that your thoughts will be thoughts of love towards God. Turning your thoughts to God is easy to understand, but difficult to do. Turning your thoughts to God is easy to understand. Yeah, I just need to think and I can do. Why is it so hard to do? Because there is so much worry in the world. There is so much distractions in the world. There is so much temptations and turmoil and chaos in the world. Or as Jen said, there is so much brokenness in the world. And most of us know the frustration when we've tried to turn our thoughts to God but we've ended up worried and with wasted thoughts instead of what we tried to get where we are going. So the question is, how do we turn our mind to God? Where do we start? Vic, what can I do to make a difference in the way that I think? Because the way that you think is the key to becoming a craft Christian. To love God with all your mind, you've got to first put God's words into your mind. You've got to put God's words into your mind. If your mind is only filled with your thoughts or the thoughts of others, you're going to be frustrated when trying to have worshipful thoughts. Then you'll let your mind drift towards anxious thoughts and and selfish thoughts. And the truth of the word of God, it has the ability to the power to change the channel. Everybody say channel. Because literally, physically, you have Little grooves or channels in your brain through your thought process. Medical science has proved that that you can fill those channels in and create new channels. And you can begin to think, why do I keep thinking the way that I don't want to think and do the things that I'm thinking that I know I shouldn't do but I do? Because you haven't filled the way of the world's grooves in and you haven't allowed new grooves to be formed by the word of God. And one of the most powerful verses in the Bible of turning your thoughts into God thoughts is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So he's like, this is important. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I want to urge you to memorize that verse. Trisha and I have it at a very prominent place in our house where we see it several times a day. It's above our toilet in the bathroom upstairs. Being a female, she may not see it because she faces the other way from the thing, but being a male, I see it all the time. And since memorizing that verse, I bring it to my mind literally thousands of times because when I'm faced with a temptation about my thoughts, because see, a a, a bad thought is not sin unless you continually dwell upon that thought, then it becomes sin. But since memorizing it, i brought it to my mind thousands of times as a life as a believer because when temptation comes and we want to focus on selfishness or lust or pride or envy or ego or greed or whatever it is, I recall that verse to my mind. I remember Psalm 119, verse 11. If I hide your word in my heart, God, then I will not sin against you. Because see, when it's in my heart and it becomes the dominant force of my heart, eventually it comes to my mind. So if I have that thought that I shouldn't have, then I'm able to say, no, this is what I'm doing. And Philippians 4, 8 says, think about such things. Or the version I read out out of the New Living Translation is, fix your thoughts. And it's a reminder of an important truth that God holds us responsible for what we think. God holds us responsible for what we think. And I can make choices about what I think, and it can literally change the direction of my life. A language lesson, the the, the word there is a verb, tense, and intent indicates a continual habit of thought. A continual habit of thought. And I have to be intentional about making this thinking a part of my day. And the Bible verse, Paul gives us eight specific ways to think about here, a blueprint or a direction in which our minds are to think. And then I learn to develop a habit and a discipline, and I turn my thoughts in the direction of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And once I get to that point, then I get the result of Philippians 4, 9. Everybody say craft. See, being a craft Christian causes me to live in a peace that passes all understanding. Despite the crazy, crazy, chaotic world that I live in, whatever is true. In other words, I need to meditate on God's truth. True refers to things that won't let you down. True refers to things that that, that you can depend on on life. And when you focus on those things that won't let you down, your anxiety level goes down. Verse 9, and the God of peace will be with you always. The love of God won't let you down, and that's a truth that's revolved revolved in the Bible. The second thing, it says, think on whatever is noble. In other words, appreciate God's worth. The idea behind the word noble in the Greek is that a noble person who is aware of the fact that God is always at work around them, even if they can't see it, and even if they can't feel it, that you are aware that no matter what is going on, that God is at work in the world around you, and God is at work in your life. So your (coughs) eyes get lifted up from the common things, around you, and you begin to focus on the godly things that are around you. The third thing, it says, whatever is right. In other words, I have to cooperate with God's plan for my life. Everybody say, right. 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 The things that have to do with God's directions and God's will for my life. But the key is this. Before you can do the right thing, you have to think the right thing. Don't miss that. That's key. Before you do the right thing, you have to think the right thing. Whatever is pure. Whatever is pure. This is a big one. That we need to appropriate God's cleansing in our minds. Because when I pray, I'm praying, God, cleanse my mind of sin. You can't take away the memory Of the fact that you sinned. Catch that. Even now as I speak. Some of you, when I said that statement, you're thinking about some of the sins that nobody knows, but you know. And you've repented of them, you've been forgiven of them, but that memory's still there. And if not careful, that memory will bring guilt and condemnation and shame and blame in your life. Because you can't erase your memory. You can't even really, to be honest, replace your memory. So what do I do? You focus on thoughts that are pure, whatever is pure. Proverbs 22, verse 11. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. You have to learn to refocus your thoughts on thinking about the cross of Jesus, about the sacrifice that he made to offer you the gift of forgiveness and the God. They offer the gift of freedom from your yesterday and freedom from guilt and shame and blame. Everybody say craft. And seriously, folks, this stuff works. You've got to fill in the old grooves and start creating new grooves with the word of God. That's why why we encourage you to read the word of God every day. That's why we encourage you to pray every day. The, The next thing is whatever is lovely. You need to learn to anticipate God's abundance. And it's interesting because the word lovely doesn't mean so much pretty as it does enjoyable. And I want you to understand that. We all love to enjoy things. We all love to be entertained, amen? I mean, we, we enjoy that. And it may strange, sound strange because we think entertainment means sporting events and movies and TVs and plays and concerts and YouTube videos and devices. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with those, and they do entertain us. But couldn't the greatness and the abundance and the gifts of God entertain you in a totally different way? Couldn't the goodness and the greatness of God entertain you in a way that that you couldn't think or imagine? I mean, when you start looking at the word of entertainment, the way that we look at entertainment is at the lowest form, but in sense of the word of God, it gets to the highest form. The sense of deeply enjoying something. This is the day the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Because if you cannot enjoy God with your mind, then you're never going to love God with all your mind. Most Christians are just Christians because they often fail to realize this truth. And we stay carnal Christians and not craft Christians. Think about it. Whatever you're doing with your family, whatever you're doing at work, whatever you're doing on vacation or at your hobby... Man, simply learn to enjoy the abundance and the goodness of God in your life. How many of us slow down and look at the blue sky and say, man, God is absolutely amazing how he created that. I thought about it yesterday. I was doing a wedding at four o'clock and it was extremely hot. And I looked up, I was like, God, come on, you got this humongous bunch of clouds. Can't you just cover that, that, that sun for about 20 minutes? And you know why? He covered the sun for 20 minutes. It dropped the temperature. He held off the rain for about an hour. And we had an amazing wedding. Amen. Come on. I mean, have you ever sat back and just be entertained by the creativity of God? Trish and I. And and I know it's getting old and maybe to you all. But it's crazy. Every day at our house, we'll have five to ten deer in our yard. Every day in our house, we look out our door and there's 50, I'm not lying. And it's not just like the gathering season, it's like all the time at our house. There's 50 to 100 deer across the street. I know it doesn't make my neighbor happy because he's tearing up the field, but we love them. And I got a, I got a beautiful buck, he's, we're praying the blood of Jesus, he's protected in Jesus' name. I'm praying I'm serious if you shoot him you're cursed in Jesus name (laughs) but it's so it's so amazing because because Trisha and I pull up in the yard and we'll get out of the cars and if somebody else's car pulls up they take off but Trisha and I's car we pull up and they just stand there and look at us and we look at them and I'm like wow God's amazing whatever is admirable Communicate God's encouragement. The idea of the word admirable is something that you admire in others' worth. If you're going to love God with your thoughts, then you have to love people he made the same way. Loving God with all your mind involves looking for the best in others and telling them that. That's why small groups are so key, because it's that opportunity to to tell them that. If anything is excellent, be motivated by God's greatness. Let your day be driven moment by moment by thinking about the greatness of God because there are a lot of short term motivations in life like selfishness and greed and envy and fear and worry and pride. But find motivation in life for God's greatness the motivation that will last for eternity which is the fruit of the spirit and, and think about those. And then I love this one. It says if anything is praiseworthy, celebrate God's goodness. Celebrate in your thoughts what God is doing and the evidence of his goodness that is all around you. Think about something that is is worth celebrating and man just take your natural life with your mind and have a little bit of praise break. Give you an example this is what I've sort of been praising God this week, it's, it's amazing what he did. First of all, last Sunday night, the night of worship, the presence and power of God showed up, absolutely amazing. I mean, it was like people didn't want to leave and, and just his presence was thick and, and it was all ages connected and, and all different backgrounds and I mean, it was, it's something you can't recreate and you can't, you got to just be here in that moment. And somebody said, can't we do it every month? And I'm like, no, you don't realize how much work it goes into that. And, and then the second thing, man, we got like 65 cases of chicken wings in on Thursday. And our freezer is overflowing. And, and I'm like, God, man, that's great. Because we pray at our huddle. We, we need more food. God sent in more food. And, and 65 cases of chicken wings. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a chicken wing shortage in the United States. And, and God showed up with a bunch of chicken wings. And. And then, then on Wednesday, Wednesday night, I got a phone call from some friends of ours who used to go to church here and they moved away and they got Chiefs season tickets and they said, hey Vic, we got two season, two tickets to the Chiefs Packers game. Would you have somebody you'd want to know? And I said, yeah. And so Pastor Brad got to go to his first Chiefs game on Thursday and, <laughs> and man, we had a great time and, and, uh. And then this, was, this happened yesterday at my oldest granddaughter's softball game in Boonville. We were waiting to go in and pay our $5 per person. And uh, there was a couple older couples in front of us that even looked older than us. And the lady just said, I'm sorry, you all get the senior citizens discount. It's free. And they let them in. Well, when Trish and I got up there and Ellie, the lady looked at us and she said, that would be $5 per adult and $3 per child. And so Trish goes, well, how old do you have to be to get the senior citizen's discount? And I'm thinking, honey, don't be saying that. She, we don't look 60, so we're getting paid. I mean, and I was excited that I didn't look 60, even though I could have got in for free. Come on, say amen. you got to learn to have those praise breaks. And, and so as I wind down, you have been equipped to confront a thought with Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And God commands us to think this way. And I know our natural mind thinks, man, that's to be intellectually dishonest because, Vic, there's so much evil in the world. Are we supposed to just put our head in the sand? The battlefield is in our mind, Joyce Meyer says. And it's spiritual warfare what I'm talking about. God's not asking you to pretend there's no evil. Just the opposite. He's telling us to confront and defeat evil by turning our thoughts towards him. Because all, listen, that's the solution to the chaos in America. Turn our thoughts to God, and then everything else would come in. Don't miss that. That's the result. The more you think about God, the more truth that you have. And the more truth that you have that rises up, the more inner peace that you have, and eventually you'll have outer peace. Because when people have inner peace, there will be outer peace. Amen? And God will keep in perfect peace those whose thoughts turn often to him. So if you're helping hurting people to find peace, then you have to have that peace in your own mind and heart first. Because you can't give to someone what you don't have. You can't give to someone what you don't have. We were doing the nursing home ministry at our North Village campus and the young adult or the older adults. And and I was sharing on prayer. And one of the residents grabbed a chair, picked it up, looked like he was going to get ready to throw it. Well, I'm praying. The staff's moving. They they escort the, the the man out. He comes back later. And what we found out was he couldn't hear. He couldn't hear. And then we got him set where he could read lips and see a little bit. And he stayed in and began to smile. Loving God with all your strength, all your soul, and all your minds. Your strength is where your inner thoughts and feelings begin to touch the outer world. It's where you actually begin to do something with your thoughts and your feelings. So three truths. I'm going to close with this. We're going to... And we're gonna baptize in a minute. We got one baptism at nine o'clock. We got four this afternoon, or excuse me, four at eleven o'clock service. So really excited. But three truths. Truth number one: to love God with all your strength, you must have complete confidence that God can do absolutely anything. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, and will even do greater things than these, because I'm going to be with the Father. John 14:12. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting our jail ministry campuses at Randolph County and Macon County. Every week, they're going to be joining us online. We're going to have a campus pastor in the jail. In a couple weeks after that, we're going to be baptizing in the jails, both jails. Come on, thank you, Jesus. We're excited about it. But they're going to just be a part. We take communion, they're going to take communion. We're doing that in the nursing homes and the young adults. The second truth. You must be completely convinced that you can do absolutely nothing of ultimate or eternal significance without the power of Jesus Christ. John 15, 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then the last thing, the last thing, truth number three, you must trust God to turn your weaknesses into his strengths. When Paul faced his greatest weaknesses, he heard Jesus say, because it's in the red letters here, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, there's a difference of an honest admission of weakness and a self-focused feeling of inadequacy. And it's far too easy because of personality and perspectives to go down the road of focusing on our inadequacies. And it's far too easy to focus on what God cannot do through us than to see a life that he can truly change through us. So, how do I deal with those feelings of inadequacy, Vic? You can try to overcome them by doing things that seem big enough to make you feel significant. You can attempt to erase by pretending those feelings just don't exist in your life. And you can seek to escape by immersing yourself in some little hobby or selfish pleasure. You can Give in to them and go through life believing you're truly insignificant. And let me tell you from personal experience, none of those work. Or you can become a craft Christian. Everybody say craft. And all I'm sharing with you is I'm learning every day to simply make a choice to accept my feelings of inadequacy as a weakness in my life and lean on God's strength daily but yet I don't expect them to suddenly change to make me feel more adequate. I wish they would, but it's not true. But I have found this. I never feel better about myself by focusing on myself. But I've learned, and I'm crafting my relationship with Jesus because he's given me a charcuterie board of all these available things that I can do through him. And instead of focusing on my inadequacy, instead of fighting my inadequacies, I'm just simply choosing a God through Jesus Christ who's more adequate. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Ava, I'm gonna ask you and your family to come on up. Come on up on this side to my right, your left. So the key is, how do I go from feeling inadequate to adequate? The first step is ask Jesus into your heart. And you just sort of pray this prayer. Father, I, you know how I'm feeling and how I feel about myself right now. And I'm tired of pretending I'm so strong. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to use me in my weaknesses as I trust in your truth. Because I learned today that when I'm weak, you're strong. And Holy Spirit, help me to love you with all my mind and strength. And I must put your words into my mind to live a disciplined lifestyle. And if you've never asked Jesus Christ in your heart, or maybe you just need to re-surrender your life to Christ, you just pray a prayer say, Dear Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart. Forgive me where I've messed up. Give me a brand new start. Come on, Ava. You back there? Come here. And you can be like Ava. All right, you got you to speak just one word. All right, have you asked Jesus Christ your heart as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. All right, let's get ready to baptize you. Yeah. Take your shoes off. It's okay, you can get baptized in your shoes. For me, I'm gonna have you grab your nose, put your hand right over my hand, Ava. I now baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations! I'm proud of you. You got a towel. Congratulations! That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Well, hey, as we get ready to dismiss, just a couple things. We have a team up here to pray for you. Uh, they'll pray for anything that you need. We're excited because I believe it's one of the greatest things that we can do is pray for you. And second of all, uh, if, if you're a man, we invite you to come out Wednesday night. We have quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback Jay Schrader will be coming in. He's excited. Talked to him last week. We're excited about the night. We're going to kick it off with worship. He's going to share his story. And then we're just going to hang out and, and fellowship as men. And we're excited about that. We encourage you to, to grab a ticket. This is the last day because we got to prep all the food and do everything. But thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful and amazing week.